Hello there, my fair listeners. How are you today? This is Jim the Keys Bartender coming to you from Key Largo. A nice, cool, sunny day. I got to get out there. I'm going to start recording early. But uh, I have uh, just when you wake up and the weather's cool in the morning, the sun comes up because in the upper night, uh, upper 70s, what am I saying? Um, it's just beautiful, warm afternoon. Once you make you do things here, like go to the water, go on the water, uh, uh, go kayaking, fishing, paddle boarding, day drinking. I'm not day drinking anymore. I'm, I don't feel the, uh, you know what? I wish I could, but I mean, it just, it just didn't work out for me and you, you've heard all that but it is fun to go outside as long as you have a, you know plans for transporting yourself but uh, I I look to uh, a future of uh, enjoying other things and spending my time doing the podcast and uh, the other things I need to do especially my family right but I wanted to talk about things that happen in the bar now. It is Keeps Bartender Show. So what we had uh, recently, I've had, um, with season coming up, we had people coming in and asking the normal questions. What's there to do here? Where can we go? You know, if it's cold and stuff like that. What places are open late? And you'd heard my answer before. Key Largo is much of it. You know, being a fishing town, a lot of people are up and at it early, and they uh, don't tend to sleep in. So people are starting when they say early; they're starting early to be drinking, and they're out there fishing or out on the boat and things like that. It's uh, you know, me on the weekends. You get people to stay a little later. You got some people that don't do any of that stuff, and they do want to stay out till ten, eleven o'clock every night. Uh, I used to stay out to one, one o'clock every night. I could go out, you know, it's just one of those things. And I'm happy to oblige some of those people, but a lot of people have things to do around here, you know, early in the morning. And some of these guests got to get up. They want to get up early and hit the road. And they go south and they say, well, how long is it going to take? How long is it a ride to Key West? And we always think, well, they, you explain the mile markers to them and say, we're at mile marker 102, so you're leaving from here. It's 102 miles till the end of it. I mean, actually, it's 199 miles before you get to Key West. But, you know, there's 43 bridges. The, the highway goes from four lanes to two lanes. Uh, the temperature drops of oh, the temperature. The, the speed limit drops down to 35 in Big Pine Key or Deer Key at night. And in, uh, you know, when the schools are letting out, you got school zones, you got buses, you got traffic jams. We got one drawbridge in Alvarada that opens on the hour. So there's a whole bunch of reasons why, because it's a 100-mile drive that, you're not going to be averaging 55 and making it under two hours. Now, some people think they will be doing it. But but just remember this. When you're driving down here, you should be enjoying your view, enjoying your time driving here. It's not one of those things where you, you want to speed through. I mean, there's a couple of places where it gets kind of scrubby on some of the keys. When I say scrubby, scrub trees and bushes and things like that. 
little depressing. But then when you hit these bridges, oh my God, that's why I always suggest to take two drivers with you and a designated driver, and maybe even a designated driver, maybe three drivers or you know, two designated drivers. <laughs> There's a whole mix you could do because a lot of people are stopping on your way. Please do not stop on a bridge to take a picture, but some people are just overwhelmed when they're driving. They're not used to seeing. Um, there's a, I'm sure there's a lot of bridges like that. you got the Golden Gate Bridge and all that stuff, and you just want to stop and take a picture. You see heading south here on the right side, you got Florida Bay. On the left side, you have Atlantic. you got this beautiful blue expanse there. You see some boats. You can see as you get south of Marathon, you'll see uh, the old uh, railroad bridge, the Flagler Railroad, and you'll see some of the old highway. Uh, you'll see some things that you've seen, would have seen in uh, License to Kill, the movie License to Kill, or True Lies the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and you'll just want to stop it's just a beautiful sight to see and there are places to stop before you go to a bridge after you go to a bridge but you know once you're on the bridge I wouldn't make that decision there because there's all sorts of uh, people out there driving and they're not always the most patient and I did mention previously a different one if you are dependent on the tourism industry down here it pays to be patient with people maybe not coddle coddle bad behavior I always suggest not to coddle bad behavior fuck that shit you know but some people just they're very excited about being down here they dreamt about being down here this is their Disney world their thing they always wanted to get down their keys and they get down here and sometimes their thinking doesn't go right so when you're when you're you are driving south you're heading from key largo uh you either head very early in the morning if you're time sensitive very early so you can beat all the schools and all the business traffic but if you are sightseeing this time of year you may want to uh if you're waiting after sun sun up if you don't want to be stuck in traffic because it's kind of sucks because the places you're going to get stuck in traffic a lot of uh, times are where there's nothing to see. You're looking at trees on either side. It's still a lovely view, but it's nothing compared to being on one of the bridges. So I always suggest between 8.30 a.m. and 10 a.m. Uh, to leave Key Largo. Because that gets you south uh, of Marathon before 12 noon. Because 12 noon is something like that lunch crowd when you got people coming back and forth. And you want to give yourself time traveling over 100 miles. But like I said, there's going to be people slowing down, people making left turns. Be cognizant of what the people are doing. I'm going to go over a little later about a horrible accident that happened here. I know. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There's horrible things that happen in paradise sometimes. We're not immune to it because there's assholes everywhere. They permeate society. So you need to, you need to be cognizant of where you're going. You've got to pick out the places you want to stop because once you get on a place like the Seven Mile Bridge, you're not turning around. So if you want to stop at, I'm just going to pick one place right 
next to the Seven Mile Bridge, and that's the Sunset Grill and Marathon. It's beautiful. It's on the Atlantic side. It's a big tiki bar spread out. It gives you a nice southerly uh, exposure, or I guess southwest exposure to the Atlantic Ocean. And you can kind of see under the bridge over to Florida Bay. And it's just, it, it, it's just wonderful. Like if you, there, there are rental properties, I'm sure, right near there. If that's all you want to do is hang out, be on the water. Uh, and you heard in previous episodes, there's not a lot of beaches down here. But if you want to be on a boat, be on the water, be next to the water, uh, that is a beautiful place to be. But you have to stop there, particularly before you go over the bridge. Otherwise, you're going to be, uh, that's a 25, 30-minute round trip to get down, get to the end of the seven-mile, once you get on the seven-mile bridge and you realize you went past it, there's nothing you can do until you get to the other side, and then you got to make your turn and come back. So they got people, you ever seen that on the highway, when some of people miss an exit? I mean, they shouldn't be doing that anymore an exit when you're where you are nowadays because you could just get off at the next exit and work your way back but stopping on a highway or any crowded thoroughfare is foolhardy you know just wait for your next chance you know the 20 minutes of going over the seven mile bridge you get to see it both times that that's an added you know you'll go over three times you're gonna go south you're gonna head north and you're gonna stop at sunset grill and then you're gonna go south again so maybe someone will be driving. But you should park. If you're going to go someplace like that, like I said, usually that is named the driver. I'm going to go over that too. Recently, last week, we've had, uh, and you've seen them on your highways where you're from, at least here in the United States. You get some overzealous, zealous, I was going to say, motorcyclists. And they get on their rice rockets, right? And they'll be flying down the highway at 100 miles an hour, bypassing traffic, splitting the lanes. Uh, splitting the lanes in a traffic jam, I understand, is different than splitting the lanes when the traffic, when the law for speed limit is 45, 50, 55 miles an hour and going 80, 90, 100 miles an hour. You know, at some, uh, at this, just because you can't. Well, we had three people heading, I'm going to have to say they were heading north or heading south. Uh, it doesn't really matter, does it? Uh, no, I think they were heading north, and they were traveling at a high rate of speed, a very high rate of speed. They said they were passing at at least double the speed limit, and uh, they were passing on the, uh, uh, I think it was mile marker 96, and someone was pulling out on the road. Now, we all, if you've taken driver lessons, you know, you're expecting if someone's 100 yards away and they're going 45 miles an hour or 50 miles an hour, 55 miles an hour, you expect to have a certain amount of time time to merge into traffic. Well, what happened is these guys were swerving around, coming down, these motorcycles going at a high rate of speed. One guy hit an SUV going so fast, he injected himself into the vehicle. Now, I think it was one of those crossovers, smaller SUVs, but caused it to turn over and burst into flames, killing the occupants of that vehicle and the motorcycle, motorcyclists. And the two companion motorcyclists, whether 
he just joined up or joined up with them or they were together continued on north which I don't understand it was a mile mark in 96 so that that meant they had 30 miles to apprehend these people I mean at least their witnesses why they would have taken off I I have no idea but they would have had at least even if they were going some enormous rate of speed let's pick something like 180 miles an hour right which is crazy you know you can't I mean they wouldn't have survived but even if they were going they still had 10 minutes but chances are they probably went 20 miles an hour they probably took I mean 20 they probably went um, maybe less than twice the speed limit to get off the island so because of this type of and that would happen on any almost any road people just because you can go at a high rate of speed and you have a maneuverable vehicle such as a motorcycle being able to switch in between lines you do not know what the guy in front of you is planning to do and when you're going 120 miles an hour the uh, and the speed limit's uh, 60 the 60 mile per hour closure rate is people aren't expecting that when you're going 60 miles an hour in your vehicle and there's no one 100 200 feet behind you and you go over to the left lane because that's where you're looking. You're looking 100 to 200 feet behind you. And you you figure you're going with the traffic. You don't expect a closure rate that much of a motorcycle is coming up behind you. And that's what happened. But this one happened to a person pulling up the highway. And it's horrible. They're horrible things. You have these people with the uh, bikes. We have bike paths on the, uh, in a lot of places either side of the road bike and walking path and then we got a bike lane in the road so when you're a lot of times when you're crossing it's a divided highway people have to look uh, across the highway to see oncoming traffic they look at the southbound lane and the northbound lane let's you going let's say you're going to the south they're going to look at the northbound lane if they're crossing from that side across they got to look at the bike path north and south to see if someone's coming up and down right so there's two three then across your way you look at someone coming south you look at uh, four people across and people on bikes and people you know there could be people standing there's a lot of activity in certain places here's some of the the bars and restaurants where people park on the opposite side so they're walking and you have bikes you have people crossing and then you have people traveling at different rates of speed and then you have trucks and and SUVs pulling boats and trailers and tractor trailers supplying this thin line so it's it's terrifying for some inexperienced drivers to get on the road and we have young people that insist at 15 years old they got to get their learner's permit and they're learning down here I mean, we always talk about the roads in Miami, stuff like that. The roads in Key Largo are incredible. There are, are it is only uh, the 21st of January, and there's seven people dead on the highways in Monroe County. Seven people dead. And the month is not even over. I assure you, it's probably going to be more people by the end of the month. So we could have like 100 people. For us, a town, uh, for uh, the Keys that are, year-round residents about 70,000 people that's a, a lot of dead people on the highway 
It's horrible. You always hear this stuff, like someone crossing on a bike. There's between here and Marathon. I'm going to try to pick this right. Between here and Marathon, which is about 50 miles, before you get into the city of Marathon, where there are traffic signals, there are one, two, three, four, five, five traffic, uh, five, six traffic signals in 50 miles. And it's not like a highway when I call it a highway because in some areas, every block there's an you know, there's an outlet, inlet to a street. So you have merging traffic coming. You don't have, there. there's not, in a lot of places, there's not long stretches where there's no merging traffic coming in. And there, there's trees and things like that, and bushes. And so you have obstruct, obstruct, uh, obstructed views. So you got to be super careful when you're driving in, down here. You really do. I mean, I imagine there's a lot of different places because this is a straight shot. You think it's got to be the easiest ride in the world. For a motorcyclist, there's leisure motorcyclists. I'm not saying motorcyclists are like this, but predominantly motorcyclists are, are polite and obey the road, uh, especially long-term motorcyclists. Otherwise, it wouldn't be long-term. They would be short-term, meaning they, they would be dead by now or at least seriously injured. So that's... Uh, that's my word of advice. I know it's kind of a downer. I apologize. Well, back to the bar thing. Two older men came in last night. And, uh, you know, it's funny when I say older men, older than me, right? You say, well, Jim, you're an old man. No, these guys were, these guys had 20, 25 years on them. And sometimes it's the mileage, not the years. There's people that come in at my age and they were like, holy shit. They hit every year. If the years, uh, the 57 years were steps, they fell down each one of the steps and hit it on their face and their heads. Right? That's what I mean. But the, these guys were older and they had uh, experienced life in a harder manner, I think. So, they came in and they were they live on the uh, up in central Florida now but they used to live down in, in the upper keys and they used to be regulars at the bar I was bartending and they were talking about it and there was nobody at the bar at that time other than one of our other regulars who they recognized one of the regulars and um she had uh, several years ago lost her partner, and they knew was they knew her uh, boyfriend better. He was an older man. They never got married. It's, it's a shame. But he passed away three years ago. So it used to be the bar, the catch restaurant and bar used to be the Paradise Pit and Pub in Key Largo, and it was somewhat of an oxymoron. Paradise Pub. It sounds like it would be one of those tropical bars and all that stuff. Well, what it was, uh, it. it it had windows and things like that, but, you know, it wasn't far off from that. It had pool tables uh, for most of its existence until the last, 
I'd say 10 years, 11 years, it only had a beer and wine license. And it had uh, pool tables and quite the cast of characters. If I hear from these guys, they were talking about uh, one particular bartender, happened to be a female, who absconded with money from the bar. It turned out they were, I guess, uh, they didn't make deposits all the time. But And I said, how much money could that be? How much money were you holding back to in a place that just has beer and wine and some pool tables and stuff like that? And they said it was over a matter of time she was stealing money. Stealing a little each time. And I have my own theory about that stuff, too. Not theory about whether it's good to steal or not. It's always bad to steal, but uh, the people that when they choose to steal, when they steal big right before they leave. That they steal little so they don't get caught, and then right at the end they steal. They'll take credit cards and do all this stuff. And that's what actually ended up happening. And these guys are reminiscing and uh, uncharacteristically they didn't talk about it. They They weren't romanticizing it. They were talking about how how, how it was and stuff like that. They weren't like these guys that come in and say, hey, you should put pool tables in. And uh, uh, the, I always get back to say, well, okay, so we had three pool tables, maybe four. So you could, on a good night, if you're lucky, you would get about $80 profit from the pool tables uh, and some beers, maybe um, maybe 200 Right? Well, no, he's talking profit, maybe like 150 from that. So over the course, uh, uh, and if that's if you average, let's say you average 100 over that, it's $3,000. The dining room tables, we're talking about 20 tables. And if you could average profit-wise, what you profit from them with the normal changeover from being open for about 10 hours, you could realize upwards of, let's say, $600 a day. That's just only $30, $30 for a table. And if you average two people, uh, two people, three, let's say three t- people per table, that's, six, you know, that's, that's pretty good. Give them a couple drinks, and you get 600 bucks. So you're, you're easily doubling or tripling it without the pool tables. And then you're taking away giving a bunch of drunk people Weapons, which is a pool cue. Now, I love playing pool. I love playing pool. But as a business proposition, let's say if you weren't a pool hall and if space wasn't so premium down here, space the cost of space so premium, like if we were in Arcadia, Florida, where there's, you could get you know, 1,000 square feet and 2,000 square feet and put in 12 tables and have a bar and a dance floor and all that stuff. No problem. And you had enough people to fill them and make some money on it and stuff like that. It didn't cost a lot. Yeah. Makes sense. But, you know, in a place like when it's slow and you only have one person playing pool, you got four tables, you don't have anybody sitting down. And, you know, it's a cold day and people, especially this time of year, you, we we and with COVID, so it kind of throws things off. You got people coming in and you want to sit and dine and people that want to go outside. We have a little outside area with about six, seven tables. 
they could sit up to 10, 12 people, as little as two, you know. And you sit and enjoy a nice little garden outside. But the, the, a pool table just takes up space and only works for bars, you know. I mean, the only pool table I know in the upper keys, uh, besides before getting an Amarada, I think the Moose Clubs have it, the Elks Club, uh, the Caribbean Club, CJ's, which is a bar, and that pool table at this one bar at mile marker 105. It's funny. You cannot, It's it, if you ever watch Seinfeld, when uh, Mr. Costanza gets a pool table in George's old room, and the room is obviously too small from it, and they have to uh, get short pool cues or use the maestro. There was a character called the maestro, and he uses baton, a uh, little conductor's baton. To conduct. That's pretty much what CJ's is with the pool table. You can't make all the shots, and, and sometimes I imagine, I can't imagine, but I can imagine that people getting hit on the backstroke with a pool cue when they're sitting at the bar. Which in retrospect has to be kind of fucking funny. But that's that that's neither here nor there. So they're they're talking, these two men are talking about the old days and talking about the guys who were managers and the people who were there. And and then they go they weren't wistful as much. They were just talking. They didn't say you know, a lot of times when people reminisce, they pretend that the bygone era was much better. They didn't do that thing. Now, I first got down here 14 years ago, and as a listener, if you're a regular listener, I got sober after three months being down here. Uh, I was out for a couple of years since then, but uh, in the beginning, first seven years down here, I was I was sober. And I would uh, every so often look for different places to go because I was recently single. I was divorced, didn't have any, you know. I was just back in the dating world. You know, a couple times I had uh, uh, ongoing relationships. Other times I was just kind of like playing it fast and loose. Not too fast and loose, but, you know, as much as you can down here. And in season... Yeah, you can meet someone, go out, stuff like that. It's great because there's tons of people down here. Women like to go on vacation together, and every so often they, you know, they want to go out without their friends, or they come down here for extended vacation. I met some women who uh, were working remotely. That was good. Or people that were, you know seasonal renters. They come down and work for a short time, become training to be a dive instructor and things like that. But in between that, like in off-season, I, in the beginning, all I knew was about going to different bars. And I was checking out. Uh, I had gone to CJ's, and CJ's was a good place, but the women were a lot younger. I was 44, and a lot of girls were in their early 20s. Uh, not that I didn't like girls in their early 20s and stuff like that, but I didn't enjoy tr- the, the imagery or anything like that, you know, the imagery of being a creepy old guy and and uh, and going for that. And I realized my uh, demographic was more of the 30s on up. So I all I was working down the street in Key Largo at a really nice place called the Encore Fish House next to a, the the 
main restaurant, the fish house is right next door. But afterwards, I decided to stop on in. I said, you know, let me check this place out. I've never been in it. But, and I really never heard much about it, but it was there and it was never crowded. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's like a cocktail bar and stuff like that. And there's some women in there I could sit and have a club soda or ginger ale or something like that. I walked in this place, the Paradise Pub. I walked in the door. It wasn't filthy. It wasn't like a dirt thing, but it was, it was nighttime. It was dark. And everyone was kind of slumped over. And I walked in like three, four feet, looked around. I, had, I don't know if there was anybody behind the bar, but no one said anything to me, which I didn't concern me because I was happy they didn't because that would have put me in an awkward position. I looked around. It, um, I, I, I got it described. It, it's, it, it looked like a mushroom farm, meaning just nothing going on. People have a couple beers, maybe a wine in front of them. Uh, or it's kind of walking in. It's kind of one of those things that distaste, meaning you think you walk in if you were growing up and you live with an older relative like a grandparent and you accidentally walked in on him in a state of an undress or to put it more bluntly if you went to the zoo and you decided it would be amusing and probably the best part of the trip to go and go to the primate exhibit take a look at the frolicking monkeys and when you go there you just see a shocking display of masturbating and poop throwing um, it was just, oh my God, this is not this is not what I was looking for. I mean, the the, the imagery, they, they weren't masturbating and poop throwing at the paradise, but, but it wasn't what I was expecting. And that was the last time I walked in there until they converted to a restaurant. Got a bar in there, but I wasn't drinking at the time. But they 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 served burgers then. They had one of these things where they had someone in the kitchen, or I don't know if the the bartender cooked or not because it didn't seem to be that busy I don't know how you stay open with stuff like that so it was it was radically different and then when they eventually the new owners took over it became a regular family restaurant with a bar it's tough running a bar family restaurant because you got people you know every so often women want to show their boobs but then you got like a 7 year old kid sitting over there so the keys it's fucking keys so what are you going to do and someday in the future there's going to be like someone who's middle to older age person will be talking about the catch in the old days and I wonder what they're going to be saying about me you know oh, there was this crazy bartender there and stuff like that He had, sometimes he didn't drink and stuff like that and he kind of lose his shit he was a little intense sometimes he would lose his shit over something it was funny. We see kind of weird shit. Some someone actually said it was before I came, went away to have my operation. A night I wasn't working. Tuesday and Thursday nights I don't work. So if you don't like me, that's the night to go there to the catch restaurant. Uh, otherwise, if you don't have a problem with me and enjoy me, every other night they someone was saying some something at the bar and there was regulars there and someone said that's some crazy shit Jim would say and 
I was not in the least bit insulted by that. I was not in the least bit insulted by that. I really kind of enjoy it. People say, uh, I, uh, being behind the bar is just waiting, waiting for a rejoinder. I think that's the French word. Uh, rejoinder is a comeback uh, for some crazy stuff. So I, I, I took it as a compliment. Well, I'm going to thank you guys for listening. I got to I got to thank my local listeners, you know, about 40% of the people that listen are from South Florida and the Keys. Um, or Central Florida. So we have Miami, Orlando, Tampa, St. Pete, Key West, Marathon, Key Largo, Almorada, uh Tavernier, Homestead, Fort Lauderdale. Um, thank you. We have places out of the area there urban centers, I get, I'm assuming it's people that are Keys aficionados or people that like the Keys. So that would be Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Boston, New York City, uh, Charleston, Raleigh, uh, Savannah, uh, the Midwest. We got a lot of people in the Midwest. Uh, I did mention that was Chicago, but we have Cleveland, Cincinnati, uh, Pittsburgh. You know, it's funny, talk about the East Coast, but Pittsburgh's kind of Western Pennsylvania, so kind of falls in between the two of them. Philadelphia's East Coast, uh, Midwest, and you always think the Midwest would be, when you talk about the United States, the Midwest, shouldn't that be about 1,500 miles in, not six, 700 miles in, because, but it's Midwest considering what the Western frontier of the United States used to be. Oh, I am doing my bullshit again. Uh, we're, you know, history's uh, crap. I, I will also like to thank my international listeners uh, in India, Vietnam, Russia, Finland, Norway, Netherlands, United Kingdom, Belgium, Germany, Poland. Uh, I think a lot of Poland because I met people when I was at the wedding and I told them, and they understand English enough. I don't know how they understand this. People have told me that that are native speakers of English, that they find it hard to follow my train of thought. So I can't imagine what it would be like in India. And the people in uh, India may be a little, um, you know, if you're thinking you're going to get some idioms on how to speak, do not want to speak like I I speak to you because they're going to find it very strange because people find it strange for me I think they'd find it strange if someone well they probably if someone learned English from me well not that you're learning English but American English I imagine that's the thing so if you're you know working at a call center I don't know if you'd actually want to adopt my style of talking. Because you could be sitting there in the middle of it and someone's calling up uh, the Dell helpline. And you pick up. And you say, oh, oh, uh, my wife. And, you know, you go and say some stupid shit about their wife. And it's like, oh, you don't sound like a person that's married. (laughs) You know, something like that. Where it's awkward. Try to avoid that. 
but I don't know how I got here from there when I, when I meant to thank my listeners. Thank you for listening. Please share with your friends. Please uh, like us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr. Follow us on Tumblr. Uh, if you're on Tumblr, I'm trying to join a group. I know discussions go better on Tumblr because it's more suited to blogging. So I don't know how much time I have. I should do my blog. I should do a blog and get rid of some of the stupid ideas I have before I decide to impart them on the podcast. And also, we are looking for sponsors. I just started this week. We're going to get a sponsor. We're going to upgrade the show. I have my coronavirus first shot, Pfizer shot, and I'm hoping to get the second one on February 9th, and then I'll feel more comfortable going out without being a person that spreads uh, COVID-19. And I hope everyone else is doing all right, too. Be careful out there. And thank you for listening. This is Jim the Keys Bartender signing out. We're coming back to you with our music again. Okay? Thank you. Bye.